0: So you have no interest. There's, you don't think it's viable to isolate CBD and pharmaceuticalize it.
1: I think that it's okay. I think that it still should be done. I'm 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 not going to say that um, single compound medication is always bad. Okay. Right. I mean, let's let's use all the tools we have. But it's not going to work the same, and we know that now. Um, it, it's it's just not. But.
2: Yeah, I think I think what we see in 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 sort of like nootropics. I mean, I think just like like multiple compounds act in separate pathways, and they all you know sort of synergize together. For the effects of all of these compounds all at once is different from just a single compound. Yeah, I I mean, I think I I think if you look at the history of medicine, I mean, the exact statistics you know are are, you know could be debated, but like sixty seven percent of all medicines even today have come, come from some sort of botanical root, right? And I think you know there's some inspiration in some plant or some animal eating it and oh we see some interesting effect here and then they start doing isolations and and whatnot but i I think yeah going back to the roots i mean i think end of the day there needs to be some inspiration for these synthetic compounds these chemicals don't just like pop up in some scientist's brain it's like it comes from some plant or or some pathway that they've they've seen identified something that could work and then they start studying it and isolating it and i think that like i think a lot of people think oh pharmaceutical you know, this is some magical synthetic thing that some chemistry chemical guy invented, as opposed to like, you know, like penicillin. It came from a bacteria uh, that was was a mold that was killing bacteria around it, right? Uh, and I think that we say that with uh, you know, with with with, with plant-based medicine, it just there's some base on effect that would, that someone was observing, and now let's study it more and potentially potentially isolate it or use the whole plant.
1: That's exactly right, right. and and. So, you know, one is not, I have to be really careful because I don't believe that that our scientific tools and what we can do with, with isolates is bad. It is much easier to understand one molecule yep. at a time. Yep. And, you know, the FDA has, has said for years well, the reason why we don't allow botanical medicine is we can't understand what's going on with six to 1200 different right. compounds at one time. And, and then they called it bad science. Now, there was the mistake right? There was the mistake. So what, what they really meant to say, what they should have said was that because we don't have the tools yet and we're not smart enough to understand 600 to 1200 compounds at a time, yep. it's bad. Science. So they, so they put it on, you know, this in labeled botanical medicine as voodoo science because we were too, too dumb.
2: complicated. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, so that's what's happened yep. to us. Um, in this instance, I actually heard Professor Meshulam, one of my heroes, I got to meet him a couple of weeks ago, it was awesome, but I, I heard him talk about our story and say, in this instance, we don't have the data. We want the data, yes, let's go get the data, but it's working where other things didn't. We must keep helping these
2: people. Yep.
1: Okay. So that's where we're at, and that's okay. But you know, to go back to one of his studies, the one that I mentioned, 1980, right, in which the standardized cannabis extract, high in CBD, was, you know, 75, 80% effective at controlling seizures in a, in a small cohort of adults. They did a side-by-side with a pure isolated cannabidiol, and it was ineffective, right? That doesn't mean that an isolated cannabidiol might be ineffective for everything, right? And we may be able to isolate it and pair it back with with, with other things and, and find uh, great medicines that way. But... We know that at the CB1, CB2 receptor site, the, the, these cannabinoid receptors that are, that, are, that are found throughout our central nervous system and throughout our GI tract and many other places of our bodies, every cancer cell has these as well. Um, we know that CBD or THC act differently in the presence of certain amounts of the other one. Right. In the presence of other phytochemicals, plant, plant chemicals, that come from other plants and also are found within cannabis. Beta caryophyllene is a, a great example found in black pepper and and clove oil, right? Um, it, when beta when when beta that's also an anti-inflammatory compound is present, CBD and THC may act entirely differently. Now, put in pinying, limonene, all these other terpenoids, flavonoids, right. and, and, and phytochemicals that come with cannabis, and just our fruits and vegetables, right? Um. So yes, it's too much for us to understand right now, but it doesn't mean that we forsake it and say no, because we can only understand one thing at a time and we're not advanced enough. Let's only do this. Yep. That's the we've been thinking that way for a century. We must stop.
2: I think I think. well said. I think uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that that's well put. I, I want to go back to the, a little bit back into the, you know, sort of the commerce side of things where, um, what, I, 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 this is something he's personally curious about. So for interstate commerce of CBD products, you know, how does that fit in, in, in your interpretation of the current laws, right? Because I think if I, I think it's pretty clear that if you're operating within a state that's, you know, has recreational, you know, legality, uh, you're probably a lot more safer than when you're doing something that's interstate and you're potentially, you know, in, in you know, going to a federal jurisdiction. And I'm curious how you guys think about that. Um, and how it awkward-
1: try. I will try and break it down as simply and quickly as I can. Um, you have statute, which is law, right? That which is written and accepted. It's, you know, typically starts with Congress, passes the House, passes the Senate, and signed into law by the president. That's statute. That's okay. our law. That's what judges interpret when there's um, when there's a conflict between groups like us and, and regulatory agencies. Then you have regulatory opinions, right? So DEA, yeah. FDA, they have regulatory positions that they may enforce, right? That oftentimes are contrary to the statute, the actual law. In this case, I feel excellent about the law that we stand on. So CBD, the word cannabidiol, does not exist within federal statute. It does not exist in the controlled substance. Uh,
0: Whereas
2: THC is a Schedule I. That is a legal drug.
1: That's right. Tetrahydrocannabinol is defined in U.S. law and in state laws. Yep. Right? Cannabidiol is, is starting to be defined within state laws, um, mostly because of our story. Some of that's kind of a double-edged sword because some of those laws move forward be, uh, before people really understood um, how to handle this coming from cannabis, but it, it, it actually all still works out. But at the federal level, the word hemp was not did not exist in US law until 2014, was section 7606 of, of, of the Farm Bill in which we defined hemp, right? Even though the U.S. was the largest importer of hemp, the DEA still holds a 2001 position. So let's the, there's a contrast between a regulatory position and our law. Mm-hmm. They still hold on their website a 2001 regulatory position that states that any hemp made for human consumption that contains any detectable Tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, is a Schedule One controlled substance, right? That means that all hemp products and whole foods, because it all contains some level of some detectable level of of THC, all of it does. It's very minute. Right. All the research (laughs) is at at that minute non psychoactive level. So this has been sold we're the largest consumer of this in the world and they try and shut down the hemp industry way back, you know, um, a little over a decade ago. And the hemp industries association, you know, pipes up with 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 some great leaders like uh, Dr. Bronner's and 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 um, different you know hold seed manufacturers, and they say no, you know, you can't just take our businesses from us. We've been doing this for for decades, right? And so no public outcry for harm, and it's also not you know hemp is not defined, and we have. You know, these uniform harmonized tariff schedules to import this stuff, and this, yet the DEA is saying no, we gotta confiscate all of it. It's a Schedule I controlled right. substance. Fortunately, the Ninth Circuit court, federal court, sided with, with, with the Hemp Industries Association. Then after 2014, we now have a definition that specifically notwithstands the Controlled Substance Act and every other federal law. So we have it now we have a definition of hemp. We have a court case that says no, this is a legal product, yet the DEA still holds a position that's contrary to the case law and the statute. Right. So we have we have regulatory position and we have law. Right? Fortunately, regulatory position
2: uh um, subservient it, to law, right? And I think it, it sounds like it's being litigated and it has been doubled down on that. So okay.
1: That's right. And and you know, I don't wanna speculate too much on the reasons why regulatory opinion goes against law, but it is a follow the dollars thing. It does have to do with regulatory budgets. And it's it's not so much the people, right? We're all people and there are good people within the drug enforcement administration and within the FDA. And but these these organizations become bureaucracies and they get their own bureaucratic mind around them. Yeah. While the Individuals are far more likely to agree with you and I, to look at the science yeah, and yeah. to look at the ethics behind what we're discussing and say this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I've actually talked to many people that feel no differently than I do about it. Um, but we have a system, and, and you said it, it's, it's, it's a Goliath. These are big, slow-moving giants, right, and every step. <laughs>
0: change yeah
2: i i think everyone you know thinks of themselves as a good person everything everyone wants to help as many people as possible i think it's just incentives get in there this bureaucracy gets in there and the original good intent gets you know pushed around into something that ends up being like this you know un, unreasonable unsensible system but i think and i think you're right end of the day we have a good conversation one-on-one like everyone i think can align on the fact that hey um we all want to help people and there's interesting science here. There's interesting data here. Like there's low side effect profiles. Why aren't, you know, we doing more to get these into the hands of people, especially if that people that have no other option, it just seems like a no brainer. I don't think anyone be, would be like this, this girl's going to die anyways. You're not going to let them try that's, this one thing. I mean, it sounds idiotic. Like this this girl's going to die the anyways.
1: The individual feels that way. And I've, I've, I've had many conversations where someone says, look, you know, we're, we're not interested in, in shutting down what's happening here. Right. We don't think it's happening the right way. We think you need to go through this system, but we understand that's going to take nine years and two billion dollars. So in the meantime, we're going to let this go on, right? Yet now we've got some pharmaceutical options that will get approval, right? And then we're going to shut you down. <laughs> there's a bit there's a bit of a war coming, and this is trouble because the pharmaceutical options, like we've discussed, are not going to work the same, right? And a very, a very intelligent one of my, you know, one of my favorite cannabis researchers, Marcel von Miller, um, came out of UPenn, worked at the VA hospital for many years, and, and, and he's still doing research. He has a statement that I that I steal, and it's cannabis is not cannabis is not cannabis. It, it, it's not just the isolated molecule versus cannabis, it's also within the different varieties of cannabis. And all plant-based medicine needs to start thinking about this. Your echinacea that is sourced from this part of the world versus this part of the world, different genetics may work differently. Yep. Dietary supplements and plant-based medicines, they need to up their game on quality control. Yep. So putting the same thing, standardizing as much as we can, you can only standardize to a certain degree a botanical medicine, but you can standardize it and all vitamins and supplements, botanical medicines need to be doing this uh, because every potential genetic of every potential plant and certainly within cannabis is, is potentially special. For a a certain subset of individuals, and we've got to get to individualized medicine. So, um, cannabis is not cannabis, is not cannabis. We have something coming where we're going to get a a drug approved, and legislators are going to go, Hey,
2: we don't need this anymore. We
1: have one under us, so we can shut everyone else down. And they're going to kill people if they do that. And and we're going to put hundreds of thousands of moms on their front porch if they do that. (laughs) No, I, I think that's the
2: right way to look at it. I, I think you're spot on. I think that's, it sounds like you're doing a good job around in, in the CBD industry. And I think we're doing a lot of the same thing in the nootropics industry where, as you're just talking about standardizing, doing certificates of analysis, essentially going through like a pharma style types of quality control and rigor on a space that's not necessarily a pharmaceutical, but like more classified as a supplement, which I think is an interesting parallel with, I think what we'll see with uh you know coming down the line i i think all consumables will have some sort of functional use in, in the future um i mean like carbohydrates sugar pro, i mean th- those have like functional uses for people and just like like alcohol like wine and beer have psychoactive effects on people and it's just like interesting where uh and i think you've i'm sure you agree you know wine beer they're like foods and they have arguably even stronger psychoactive effects and worse and side effects than something like a cbd right and just like it doesn't make any sense from a from an objective standpoint I'm, how these regulations if, even i'm curious
0: is. i'm curious are there are there interesting anecdotes of where you've turned kind of like atheists into believers someone who's been staunchly anti-cannabis their whole life and then because of family medical situation they hear about cbd and then they're they're like oh my gosh i'm taking cannabis every day now
1: Oh, yeah, so <laughs> we come from, uh, you know, my mom's an amazing person. We grew up really poor, but she taught at a private Christian school because she wanted us to get that education. We come from a very religious family. We, we come from the town where Focus on the Family is. I know a lot of those folks. Um, we, I lived in a Christian bubble. Even getting into the cannabis industry, I lived in a Christian bubble, and um
2: Did you get socially shunned? Was that scary for uh, you to be like, oh, like you're crossing over to the dark side or the light side, whatever?
1: I had old mentors, Bible teachers, you know, people that I love very much, coaches calling me saying, what are you doing? This is before Charlotte's story, right? What are you doing? This is wrong, Joel. This is, you know, where are you guys going? Where are the Stanley brothers going? And we were always, you know, on the rebellious side. It's easy to be on the rebellious side in those private schools, but... um, you know, what What the hell are you doing? And I'm like, I'm actually helping a lot of people. Why don't you come look? No, I think drugs are a bad thing. You know, in one instance, an old mentor who I still love, everything's great, but in one instance is a person that admittedly has taken three Percocet a night to help him sleep for years. <laughs> and I'm not bashing that, yeah. but he's sitting there telling me drugs are bad and what I'm doing is wrong and I'm going, you know, I'm on a slippery slope and all of this, Right. Then the same person and many others who had this attitude of those crazy Stanley boys, what the hell are they doing? After the Sanjay Gupta piece aired, Charlotte's story called up and said, I'm sorry. I had people call me and say, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry I judged you. What you're doing is amazing, and I didn't see it, I didn't understand it, now I do. Thank you. We've been in conservative states, conservative legislatures, I have sat and held hands and prayed with conservative legislators, right, right. Over, over little kids. You know, these families come into these rooms, and they sit and they lay hands on them and they pray. and it's wonderful. There's, there's there's some good arts there. But these people are saying we must get a law passed for cannabis in Oklahoma, in Texas, in Florida, in Alabama. That's, that's,
2: that's like an amazing experience to just to like drive culture shift like that.
1: I, I, I mean, we took a lot of flack. We had a lot of people slinging arrows at us, and, and you know, some people were like, you know, it, Texas was a good example, and I lived, I was born in Texas, I lived in Texas, I worked in Texas, and some people were saying, I can't believe you guys advocated for X law. I'm like, are you kidding me? A cannabis law on the books in Texas? I'm sorry that you can't smoke weed openly on your front porch in Texas yet. We're trying <laughs> Can we help some of these people? Can we move the needle forward a little right. bit? And a lot of people weren't willing to take baby steps. It was it was an all or nothing approach. Well, if you want all or nothing in Mississippi, guess what you get. So, um, it, we've seen minds change. Who doesn't resonate with a sick child getting better? Right. Who doesn't resonate with that? And and all of a sudden you've got you know religious mindsets that say, well, wait a minute, didn't what don't I believe that God made all the plants? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little light bulb, but it, it, it took a story like Charlotte's and many others. And the,
2: and, be- the, and the four years of just like getting to the point where you had, you know, to, to even get to that point. But yeah, I think Charlotte was like this nice culmination of events that just took the lid off the the, the, the story here. A uh, last sure. couple of questions here. Um, what What was the scariest moment in this journey? I mean, I think, yeah, back in 2008, 2009, I mean, what was a close call where you're like, oh, shit, we actually might go to jail, or like, oh, shit, we're going to go bankrupt, like, like we're going to get raided, like, or like, we're going to get robbed by some, like, you know, gangbangers? Like, were there any sort of points where you're like, oh, what did we actually sign up for?
1: There are so many. There are so many. One of them was when we were, we were in a warehouse in Denver. We've always been compliant. With whatever laws there were for us before there were were real regulations, we were as compliant as we could be. We're just we were just that way, you know. We figured you know we got to be up, we, we must be above board because if we get raided, it, 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 it's our only defense. We're in a warehouse, um, and we're splitting the warehouse. One section is Stanley Brothers, the other section is this other grower. The other grower was way over his plant count, <laughs> and you same cards at another warehouse he was being raided at the other warehouse and they were headed our way within a moment of time and this is what you get when you have seven hard-working brothers that are strong guys working together within a moment of time we had u-hauls packed full of live plants headed out of there while law enforcement's at one point <laughs> And we, because we didn't even want to deal with it. The truth was, is, is we were fully justified within right. our, our our plant count. But here's another person in the warehouse that we're just now learning, isn't
2: Right. And then they would have just taken everything probably, right? Like that's all your inventory.
1: We ended up with a house full head to toe of plants. So you set a pot here, a pot here, and then one on top. stacked like
0: this. <laughs> brick laying.
1: In which... You know, fortunately, timing and everything was all ready to be trimmed. And, and and we were, you know, what we did at that time is we would sell the flour to the dispensaries, build a bigger grow, use what we needed for the oils for our patients, right? Because everything that we did for our patients was in this titratable, dosable form. Right. With, uh, We were even doing our own analytical testing. It was sad back then. That was a scary moment. But the scariest moment was when we just decided to give a five-year-old who was on the verge of death a cannabis extract. Really? And thank God. Thank God for those parents, and that um, their neurologist signed off for us to do
2: so. So you were just scared that, like, hey, we might actually hurt her, even or just not. So that was just a scary moment. Okay.
1: I saw my first grandma seizure when I, within five minutes of meeting Paige Figgy and Charlotte Figgy mm-hmm. in their kitchen. Uh, Paige is is it, my best friend um, now, and and many of these families, you know, it's kind of funny. All I know are my brothers are parents of children with epilepsy now, which I'm grateful for, but, um, saw my first seizure and it was the scariest thing. My second seizure within that same hour with Charlotte. And so you've got someone who she's saying, we've signed a do not resuscitate, which means if she goes, she goes, we've, we're not going to put her through this anymore. And so she could die anyway, might not even be our product. She could die anyway. Uh, That was our scariest moment. But, uh, Oh, you know, thank God for the culmination of events yeah. that made that happen because we, humanity, were going to learn so much from that brave family and,
2: and everything that's happening out there. Awesome. Last, last last, question here. What can we look forward to? Uh, what, what's next that they can give us a sneak peek on and in, in what you're working on with CW Hemp or the other initiatives that you're working on?
1: sure um so Stanley brothers are continuing the path through plant breeding but also through some of our uh, technology and ability to isolate compounds and pair them back with other compounds um, we're looking at CBN very excited about CBN um, you know we have some very dangerous sleep aids out there they're very that are killing people we think that um, um, cannabis is, is going to give us through cannabinol CBN um, something that's going to help us um, give us an alternative to, to some of those more dangerous compounds people are using out there. There's one. Um, we also see a lot of promise within CBD and other minor cannabinoids for potentially um, uh, type 2 diabetes, the autoimmune disorders. Interesting. Very, very excited about the potential for these cannabinoids and CBD especially. Um, in the preventative maintenance, possible preventative maintenance of memory loss, Alzheimer's, Dementia, Um, just to name a few things that we're actually engaged in research right now. Awesome.
2: Yeah, and I think those are some things that we in the biohacking community are very interested in. I mean, we're looking at all, I mean, those are the metabolic syndromes that are killing Americans, right? Alzheimer's, diabetes, obesity, I mean, those are some of the biggest problems that our society faces. So I think we need all the efforts and all the different routes that, you know, tap into and help resolve these issues. So that's and awesome. this,
1: this plant is going to teach us how to bio biohack one of, one of our largest systems in our body. The endocannabinoid system is a brand new discovery, 94, but it is kind of the regulator of the regulators, and it seems to be so important to every other system in our body. So this plant is going to be integral to human health what we're going to find out over the next decade and over the next century, I'm so excited about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. When, when you next come to SF, please come by. And if we ever make it out to uh, Colorado, I'd love to, you know, come by and say hi in person, but appreciate the time. I think it's a fascinating conversation. I think there's just a small, you know, I, I think some cuts of cloth here for we're trying to push this new form of thinking this new paradigm shift into changing how people, you know, live. And I think, this is going to be the future. We need leaders like yourself going out there and, and changing people's minds. So respect and, and and best of luck.
1: Thank you for having me. When you come to Colorado, come see our lab and just come get the full tour. Awesome.
2: Hey, cheers. Thanks, Joel. Thanks,
0: Joel. That was interesting.
2: Yeah, I think that was one of the most lively conversations. I think that I didn't necessarily expect uh, that the biohacking community and the CBD movement had, you know, a lot of similar threads where we're looking at novel interventions to affect pathways that affect so many different things, right? Like, I think with us, we're trying to optimize for cognitive. We're looking to optimize for metabolism. And it sounds like, you know, in, in, in a very alternate pathway, um, you know, the work at, at C.W. Hemp and, and the Stanley Brothers are looking to affect a lot of these core uh, fundamental things that humans – you know need help on yeah so i think that's very interesting
0: and it, it harkens back to one thing that we always talk about which is this there's this bubbling up that's happening already there no one's stopping facebook groups and websites there's discussions around people trying out alternative cures right like if, if the normal healthcare stack is right. not servicing people people are finding side doors back channels yeah and, it, and then it's what we've always said which is like all right then there needs to be leadership to help people do it responsibly yep Yep. I think just like interesting
2: because I think three, four years ago, if you talk to me, I don't know if, if you talk to yourself, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'd be like, oh, alternative stuff. If it's not real medicine, it's bullshit medicine. And I think it's just like, it's just like not the case. I think we're just smart people. we talk to folks that are practicing medical doctors, folks that are PhDs, folks that are looking at the cutting edge here. And like, they're just like a dogmatic approach and I think it's good for a lot of things, but there's other th- pathways that also work. And I think it's like, at, at some point, all of it will be folded under science. I think it just, um, let's not just be overly dismissive on just things that have shown efficacy across multiple people, across uh, multiple cases that is, seems to be beyond placebo, right? It's just like, I, I think at a certain point, I think it's like, okay, CBD probably works. Do we know exactly how it works or exactly which indications could be good for? No, but there's enough signal that we should be looking at. Yeah. And I think that's the same with all of biohacking. Like, uh, we've looked at a bunch of different techniques to improve ourselves. There's enough signal here, and let's actually put more resources into actually understanding how it, and, and where this takes us as opposed to being like, ah, oh, this is not coming out of uh, uh, RCT, out of like 10,000 patients. So it's, it's all junk. Um, so I, I think yeah. it's just like, how do we tie these two universes? I think we come from a very... Uh, rigorous engineering science background and it just like uh, but I think there's just uh, uh, let's tie that with an open-mindedness to try and experiment with more and more things I think I think that's the balance that we should be that more of us should be walking yeah and and I think putting
0: out there yeah I think that science We talked about this as well is that science is going to become more open source it's going to get out of the lab and there's way more than 10,000 people using cannabis and if there's Organized, federated, like central, like data uh, that can be analyzed, that can be collected and analyzed across it. Then I think, I, I think that there's a a positive acceleration on the rate of science yep. because of that. Exactly. I think, I think, I think.
2: I'd argue that's why science has there's so much progress in in, in, in recent last, years like, because, years, like, yeah. it, it, in 1500s, only like only the 17 like, noblemen who had enough
0: rich or were rich enough to just not do labor can yeah. like look at the stars now one person on their laptop can become like a top one percent knowledgeable person about a lot of things about a lot of things yeah like yeah absolutely so i think yeah i mean i don't want to just over eclipse
2: the conversation with joe i think that was a wonderful That's conversation awesome, yeah. um and uh yeah i mean i think we're continuing to have awesome people on the thinking podcast so please follow us subscribe on uh, itunes youtube soundcloud google play until next time, thinkers. We'll uh, we'll catch you soon. Peace.